Are you ready for a firearm-friendly social media? Big tech hates you, your firearms, and your lifestyle. They continually throttle and delete your firearm-related content and the ability to see content you want. Every day, your friends, favorite influencers, gun shops, or manufacturers get canceled and banned. They will not stop till you no longer have a voice. There is an alternative, Gunspace. Gunspace has taken the best components of top social media and fused them together for a unique social experience. A scrollable feed, clubs, podcast network, forum, and NFT creator are features of the app. We want to help you socialize and engage with other firearms enthusiasts, dealers, and manufacturers without random unwanted posts or unrelated advertising. Gunspace, the firearms-friendly social media. Download Gunspace, one word, in the App Store now. You can find us on Gunspace at C-I-P-O-D. Just murdered another dog outside, so I had to stop that from happening. And also, I almost shot a dog just now, so you guys go on. Yeah, like literally hand on the gun, and this little 12-year-old girl was like, Don't shoot my dog! Holy fuck! No, she didn't have to have actually shoot said dog. He's that would have great. ATF. Fuck you, kid. All right. Oh. On that wonderful note. Benny, thank you for joining us. Yeah, man. I'm glad to uh, glad to be here. I know we talked about it a while ago. Um, through the powers that may be, not 100% sure how we actually came to talking, so... No, I don't. I don't know how this happened either. I'm just excited that it did. Uh, welcome. Guys, welcome to Clone and Correct Podcast. With us this week, we have Vinny, wonderful gentleman, runs owns Monsoon Tactical. Yep, uh, Monsoon Tactical. Fuck! If you don't know who they are, you need to get your head out of your ass. Um, I found out about you guys from the Chunk Port, and that started out. Yeah, man. Um, that that's 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 what's uh, brought us a lot of attention lately. It's really really so. cool. Uh, cool thing they do uh, porting co- uh, and just a whole bunch of shit to uh, gun customization, and I fucking love all of it. Um, everyone else is muted because uh, we don't. I mean, uh, we don't talk over everyone. You can't be into guns and not be into customization. Yeah. Trying to have a uh, good manners by muting ourselves, so you know <laughs> all that good shit. Oh, so um, I guess we could jump right in. What brought the chunk port to be? Because for a while there, I, I carried a Glock 19C for a bit, and I got a lot of shit from a lot of people for carrying a ported gun. And all of a sudden, it's back. Um, oh. you know the the one thing I've noticed in the uh the gun industry man is is shit always comes back around full circle. So it's like porting and compensators get real hot. I mean, I, I would probably say compensators were kind of a hot thing back in like 2016, 2015 with all your fucking, you know, rolling specials and stuff yeah. like that on Glocks, you know, staccatos and 2011s weren't really, um, a thing as far as the amount of them that are out there now. Right. So, I mean, like they were still a thing. I mean, STI and, and the 2011 platform has been around since, you know, the 90s or so, maybe even longer than that. I, I uh, the history on the company STI, uh, ha- I have it, but it's a little bit of a hazy information for me as far as keeping track, because it was like two separate guys that made that company up and uh, 
one branched off and that, you know, the one that was part of that is Infinity Firearms, if you didn't know that. Really? Familiar, yeah, if you're familiar with Infinity, he used to be one of the one of the owners of STI. And then, uh, obviously, now Staccato is its own thing now. Yeah. I don't think any of them have anything to do with it anymore, uh, other than selling the rights to the gun. But, yeah. you know, that stuff kind of comes around full circle, and I think people are starting to realize, like, hey, you know, when it comes to ports and comps and stuff, we're actually, like, not going to get killed in the streets carrying those things. Um, no. So, you know, our shop in particular, you know, I, I, I kind of, I have no military or law enforcement background. I'm just a average dude who likes to shoot a lot and was into the competition scene and really loved the 2011 platform. So, you know, we're all about doing weird, obscure shit and hot rotting guns and making them run faster and flatter. Um, so the process of the shunk port kind of came to be because I had a, uh, a DVCP. Um, oh, yeah. The gun that, or the XC is what replaced that gun from the staccato lineup. Um, and it's, it's a, you know, Island Comp 2011 that, uh, you know, and then trying to get that style of porting and or compensation onto a smaller gun that didn't cost forty three hundred dollars. You know, yeah. Um, so I think the island port, uh, the island comps are so fucking sexy. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about it, but I remember look opening up a recoil magazine. You're not to age myself, but I think I was in like uh, high school, right? And I saw this cost Ludus. EVCP that they'd made and fucking about lost my mind. I thought it was the coolest shit ever. Um, so yeah, I think the, in the trunk port, it, the first, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw it. I was like, damn, that looks like, uh, with the giant opening up in the top of him. Like that looks a lot like an XC, but it's not a fucking huge gun and it's not a $4,300 gun either. Yeah, yeah. I mean that it 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 a lot of design aspects kind of was derived from, you know, the DVCP or the the cost carry comp or the XC, whichever one you want to talk about, the Omni was the first uh version of it. And then, you know, the cost to carry comp followed and the DVCP and now we have the XC. Um you know, the original design of what we were pumping out for the, for a while was of derived from those guns. And now that we have the Genghis comp, it kind of is, is a new refined product. If you guys haven't seen that yet. Um, uh, I have, I wonder, I, I, yeah, we, the second yeah. you released the, the pictures of it, it was all in the chat. I wanted to talk yeah. about, it. so from my understanding, a chunk port, what it is is it's a window cut through the slide down into the barrel. Yeah, of the gun, and then it, the uh, actual barrel is backboard just a little bit mm-hmm. uh, to the end of the chunk, uh, to the end of the port to stop. Yep. Is that to stop spalling or bullet tumbling or something like that? Uh, you know, it was um, it was to to this, to mainly to stop the spalling, right? Um, gotcha. That's the thing with ports, right? Uh, no matter, and depending on you know who you talk to, uh, it's it's kind of, in my opinion, a non-negotiable byproduct of porting when it comes yeah. to your more traditional uh, 
you know, we have our, we have different porting packages like our lucky sevens. Obviously we can't backbore something like that because <laughs> it's across the whole damn barrel, but obviously those ports are significantly smaller and there's seven of them. So, you know, your Glock 17 C's are actually, you know, like you said, you carried one. Those are actually, uh, can cause some severe spalling because of those, those style of ports, you know, they're oblong and they're running vertical, the bore. Um, so it's, it'll, it'll literally like shave off two nice little spears of, of jacket coming out of there. Um, and if you're not careful, you'll, you'll catch some of it. Um, I, uh. I shot just practicing from retention, shooting yeah. like from retention and shit with it. It's it mm-hmm. sucks. It's not something fun. It, it the only good thing from it was it got me really good at wearing eye pro when I'm shooting. <laughs> I had like a really nasty habit of not doing it. And yeah. you you bring that bitch up and you shoot it from retention, you stop right if you don't have eye pro on, you like it's just like a flip of a switch, you're like, oh shit. You, yeah, it's definitely. Pretty... Go ahead. Oh, I was just say he has a pretty bad habit of not wearing uh, protection. No PPE. <laughs> no, he, he, when he gets tired of shooting his rifle without ears, he'll uh, no, no, no. Don't <laughs> tell that story. I can't believe I said that. Uh, what they're bringing? Out. Hey, Ping, you. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry about that. No, what, what, what he's mentioning is I, I had a really pair, like a really shitty pair of ear pro, and I'd go shooting right, and I'm shooting my AR, which is a loud bitch, and it would get the ear pro would get uncomfortable, and but I wanted to keep shooting, so instead of shooting my AR, I just shoot pistol without ear pro because they're less loud. Uh, I was young <laughs> and very very dumb, and I've grown out of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, there's a couple ways to think about it, man. You only get one set of eyes and one set of ears. Yeah. Um, so I mean, my I got real sensitive ears myself, so I get real pissed off when I I feel like I spent two hours in a pool. Um. Mm. So you know, my eyes are still pretty good, but um, yeah, man. I mean, you know, there, there's a couple things we talk to people all the time because they're kind of on the fence on on having ports on a carry gun or whatever the case may be. And that's always the first thing is, you know, a couple myths busted right away is like one, it's going to, you know, uh, detract from night vision shooting, whatever the fuck that uh, myth is. Right. So that's one, not really true. Um, first of all, just my opinion. Again, this a lot of this is opinion. Uh, if you're carrying a pistol. Um, and you know you're going to be out in the dark, you should probably have a light attached to it. Um, So that kind of defuses the whole porting is going to cause you to go blind thing. On top of that, it it really doesn't anyway. But, I mean, definitely shooting from retention is a thing. Uh, With comps or ports, you're going to catch some kind of gas. It's directing, you know, most ports are directing gas at the 12 o'clock position to, you know, reduce muzzle rise. So, I mean, there's... Obviously, a couple of, of precautions you could take if it's, you know, real life scenario. It's like trying to cant the gun away from you when you do it. Yeah. Um, and then the reality is, is you're either going to catch some shit or you're going to be dead. So which one would you pick? Yeah, I think um, it, self-defense there. You got a lot more shit on your plate than some fucking gas to the nose. 
Right. So, I mean, I, I personally don't really practice retention shooting uh, myself. I understand the concept. I've done it before. If I have to, I know I can do it. But it's not something I'm going to subject myself to a lot of if I don't have to. And if I do, I understand that if I just rotate the pistol 45 degrees away from me, I'm probably not going to catch much of that shit anyway. It's what um, I doing with that Glock. Yeah. So... But yeah, I mean, so the, the original chunk port uh, started out not backboard. There's still quite a few of those running around. Cool. Um, and then we started backboring them and then changed the barrel profile. And, you know, the, the one thing that we started to, to worry about um, <clears throat> was the fact that, you know, backboring these pistols and doing this modification does shorten overall barrel length. Right. Yeah. So um, we kind of went back to the drawing board and came up with the Genghis comp, made a very smaller, more low profile barrel uh, set up to minimize that. Um, and that's pretty much what, you know, we dropped uh, mid-April. I think it was yeah. the 15th. And uh, honestly, I mean, there's probably no more evolutions to be made off of that. There, I don't really think there's anything more that can be done. Um, in my opinion, you know. It's, it's already pretty, pretty, um, a lot of innovation there already just with what we did. Yeah. Uh, it, it, what makes it so special is it's very centered around the staccatos. Like it's not something that you could do with a Glock or your M and P or your CZ, or I might be misspeaking, but the, uh, staccatos have an incredibly thick bull barrel. Yeah, and, it was uh, it's, it's the, 100% centered around the staccato for that reason. And it's so chunk port had uh it was essentially a slot in the top of the barrel and the bore was backboard Genghis comp is smaller cut straight down through the top of the window it doesn't have as much cut off the sides correct and then it has an actual blast chamber milled in it was yeah so i mean we took, what's that if i was reading the uh the post correctly it has a blast chamber down on it yeah, so I mean, it, it's it's literally a you know we took we took the barrel and the thickness that was provided with it, and then obviously, um, took into a lot of consideration how much we could get away with uh, as far as machining that barrel because the reality is we're we're milling, you know, a square pocket nonetheless into a circular object. So uh, there are some parts of that barrel where you know where the squares cut out into a circle where it gets a little thin so we had to be able to calculate all that stuff um <clears throat> and we ended up you know machining a actual expansion chamber into the barrel um and put it through a, a very heavy round count testing schedule uh to make sure everything was going to be kosher and here we are so, so now it's what's that I was going to say by adding the blast chamber or the down in the expansion chamber down, it goes down beneath the bore. How much does that impact the performance of it? Is that's a, a very large difference between the, uh, the Genghis comp and the chunk port. What do you mean by performance? You mean like uh, how much better does it work? Yeah. Yeah. Like how much better it works. So, I mean the, the one thing um, with the, the original chunk port and its evolution, was after the back boring and the, the the change in barrel depth cut that we did 
Um, but again, that port was so large that we were just not happy with the amount of rifling that we were removing to get, you know, to stop the spalling from happening. Um, <clears throat> so in my opinion, I love ported guns. Um, I think a compensated pistol works better than ports. I'm just more a- accustomed to compensators myself uh, through competition and stuff like that. It's, it's a massive let off at the front of the barrel. And that's kind of one of those things where, uh, when it comes to shooting a gun flat, I mean, anybody can shoot a gun flat with or without ports. If you have the the proper fundamentals and grip and all that shit. So all these extra modifications that we're doing are to aid the shooter and to, you know, really peak, you know, step up the performance of that shooter, um, and aid them in that. So it's like taking, uh, that into consideration, you know, building the the flat sidewalls and the bottom flat chamber uh, into that barrel really just allows that gas to, like I said, like like the name entails, it, it, the gas expands and then crawls up the sides of the barrel um, and really forces that gas down. Like it, it it compacts it and redirects it versus, you know, the original, it was just gases were passing that hole and venting through it, right? So... The expansion chamber is exactly what it's called for that reason, and that's how all other compensators are built. So um, the performance enhancement from the Genghis first, the original chunk port, is extremely, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely achieved what we wanted it to. And the thing to think about is it's a, it's a smaller overall size as well compared to what's the original. So, you know, to be able to, to, to shrink the, the, the modification down and still have it perform better it, um, is obviously, you know, it speaks for itself. Have you gotten numbers on FPS loss of uh, the Genghis comp? Um, <clears throat> you know, that's subjective. Gotcha. We did, we, we, we did, we did do it on retrofitted barrels. I can only assume at the moment that it's about the same as the original chunk port, but I don't want to, I don't want to assume anything. Um, But to be completely honest with you, man, I mean, the original, the original design, we were only losing 24 feet per second, which is a whole lot on a nine millimeter. That's no, I mean, that's always, that's, that's always probably outside of, you know, people that understand ports and like and like them, that's normally the number one question. You know, what's the feet per second lost? Um, and we normally, we have all that data for the most part. Um, we haven't necessarily gathered all the data we wanted on the new Genghis comp. As far as that is concerned, we were too busy just fucking pumping rounds through it to make sure it would last yeah. first. <laughs> right. Um, but we're, we're kind of just, again, educated guess that it's, it's about the same because it's, it's, if anything, it's a little bit less because of the, the opening is actually smaller now. Yeah. And for people at home, they're like, Oh my fucking 24 feet per second. If you're shooting shit ammo, there's probably a 24 feet per second deviation in between one round and another round in the box. So don't get your pants. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that was the question exactly. I was going to ask, or one of the questions I was going to ask, is what you were looking at FPS loss with it. Um, 
because I've been on the fence about getting it done with with my gun, um, either the new Genghis uh, Genghis comp or the uh, the chunk port. I've been looking at them both and uh, thinking about getting it done with mine. And that was always my number one question: is what am I looking at FPS loss wise? And granted, I'm shooting you know 124 grain plus P HSTs out of mine. You know, for defensive. Yeah, so I mean, when you're when you're talking about defensive loads, one one of the one or two things are going to definitely happen compared to our testing sample. Um, plus P's are obviously, you know, at average. If I had to guess, you know, they're moving around twelve hundred or more feet per second to make it plus P, right? Yeah. So, you know, if knowing what we know, at least on the on the original chunk port, um, depending on which gun you're shooting it out of, um you're going to drop down into, into the high 11s, right, on a 1,200, 1200 feet per second round. So, I mean, is 24 feet per second a deal breaker for some people? I don't know. I don't think ballistically it's going to change anything when it comes to a self-defense situation. Um, I don't think it changes much until you start dropping into, like, Glock 43 size guns, where you're right, right I mean, on that bleeding edge of expansion anyways. right. Yep, and that's uh, that's a concern, um, and that's why we, you know, uh, on average, we were seeing about a twenty-four to twenty. Again, depending on the gun, the twenty-four to twenty-nine feet per second loss um, on the staccato original chunk ports. Um, now that we know that these guns can pretty much handle the workload, uh, we're going to go gather more, you know, ballistic data with it. Uh, just so we have that information prevalent for people. But, I mean, again, just kind of knowing what we knew across the board on all the other chunk ports uh, on the Staccato lineup with a bigger port even, you know, very, very nominal uh, loss in velocity. And, you know, kind of like what what someone said earlier, um, you can have that deviation just from shitty ammo itself. But where it really matters is your carry load and making sure that's set up and ready to roll the way it's supposed to. Well, and then my second question, because again, I'm not very educated on it. Um, the XC, uh, when I was in the market for a staccato, that was, that was one of the guns I looked at was the XC cool comp. It's comped, it's Island barrel or Island front sight, all that good stuff. Um, what ended up getting me away from it is I got the chance to test fire an XC before I actually bought. Um, and I found that due to its eight pound recoil spring, uh, I could cause it to malfunction just by thumb pressure on the slide. Um, yep. which is yep. what led me down the road to getting a P instead of the XC. Um, with your guys' porting, are we looking at stock recoil spring weights or are we dropping them? You know, what what are we doing there? Yeah, so um, when we first started doing what they – so I, I kind of moving forward, like just so you know, uh, the Genghis comp is what replaced the chunk port. So that, 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 that product in itself, we aren't really doing or offering anymore. Um, as far as that old profile, we may revisit as far as the slide profile is concerned, if possible for some of those people that really want that look. Um, cause that, that was one of the, the reasons also that we kind of developed the Genghis comp was it was split at least from what we could tell of people that really liked the design of it. And then others that just did not like the way it looked at all. And we understand that. Um, so this, the Genghis compass is, is replacing the chunk port for the 2011s only um, just because it's the highest evolution as far as innovation for that, 
style of port, quote, quote unquote, that we're doing now. So for the Genghis comp, no, all it's factory recoil assembly, all that stuff. Um, that being said, you know, I'm a big firm believer of tuning a pistol as far as, uh, the balance when it comes to modification, it runs great. You know, so if, if you have a staccato P, uh, and you're running the normal stock spring in it, it, it feels great, but it feels really good <laughs> with like a 10 pound or even lighter. But again, your concern is definitely something that people need to keep into consideration. If you got a grip like that, um, a lot of people were taking XCs and dropping 10 pound springs in them to alleviate that issue. Uh, but with that 10 pound spring, it added a little bit of extra snap into the gun. So it's kind of like one of those, you either got to learn how to shoot it the way it is and kind of drop your thumb a little bit, or you upgrade the spring and kind of change the dynamic of the pistol. But to answer your question and short or long story short, yes, factory springs are good to go. It'll shoot it'll shoot lights out that way. Um and you can just move on with that factory weight spring. And as someone who saw a lot of people struggle with their fucking rolling special glocks, getting those bitches yeah. to run, like uh, change up recoil springs and shit. That's really, really impressive that you guys can get uh, a very effective like we're gonna porting into a gun to help manage recoil, keep it flat and fast, and you don't need to fuck with the recoil spring. That's uh, I think that's really cool. Yeah, well, I mean the the, the kind of going back into the whole like I you know even a stock Glock, right? Um, the reason that you know your Glocks, your Walthers, your uh, Smith and Wessons, any of your your polymer pistols that are used as a duty weapon, you know, those guns are severely oversprung from the factory, and that's why they're so reliable, right? Uh, other than the fact that the guns are plastic and the tolerances on them are super loose, and that you overspring the shit out of that thing, it's going to eat everything you put in it, right? So um, that being said, you start throwing compensators and all this shit onto an oversprung gun, it's not going to run right. So... Uh, that's kind of a, a, you know, the difference between a $500 duty pistol or carry gun. There's nothing wrong with Glocks. I was a big Glock guy for a long time. I still like Glocks. Um, but, you know, a lot of these people nowadays, granted, I will say that the price of admission is a lot cheaper now uh, compared to what it was, you know, even shit you know, three, four years ago, right? When I first got my DVCP, um, the price of admission for 2011 isn't necessarily out of most people's reach. You know, at first, $2,500 for an optic ready 2011 sounds like a lot. No. But there's definitely a lot of dudes running around there with Gucci Glocks that are that cost that much, if not more, right? So the price of admission is definitely more feasible for people. And kind of in the same token the people at staccato and people building those pistols and the engineers are springing those guns accordingly so you know they're that's why they're so buttery and they shoot so well just alone on their own right um so yeah i mean it was nice to be able to we did have we did downspring the c2s with the original chunk port and we're glad that we're able to get away from that now 
Yeah. Mentioning the P and the C2, do you have a preference between the two of them? Um, it, it depends uh, on on what I want to do with it, right? I mean, I get that question so much that it, it's. I wish I should probably do a video Sorry. about it myself. <laughs> no, you're good, guys. You're good. I mean, it's it's a it's a, it's a valid question. Um, and it just depends. It's honestly a personal preference thing at that point. Um. I will say that if you're getting a 2011 for the first time and you don't already have one, right? I would go with the P first. Yeah. Um, and I would go with the steel frame P first. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that boils down to also what's your plans for this pistol? Are you going to carry it? Okay. Well, if you're going to carry it, understand that she's a hefty bitch. So yeah. your gear is going to have to be able to, you know, handle that. It's definitely, a heavy gun to carry compared to what a lot of us were probably used to two, three years ago, however long it was before we got ours. Right. Um, that being said, um, the C2 can definitely double as a carry and range gun, but also understanding that aluminum frame is definitely going to wear in a lot quicker than that steel one is. Yeah. Uh, um, I went from a Glock 17 with an X 300 to a steel frame P. With the X three hundred, yeah, level. and yeah. So I, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely heavier. <laughs> it's heavier. Uh, best advice: just wear a good belt and get a decent holster. Right. Yeah. That's it, like that's what I said. You know, definitely. Uh, if you're if you're rolling around with a Walmart belt and you know <laughs> a, a iffy Kydex holster, you're gonna have to definitely pay some extra money for some good shit and to facilitate carrying that gun comfortably. Right. Um, the only I own a P like a 2019 P the one, the gun they should still be making, but don't make anymore for some reason. <laughs> um, and care. I mean, I, like I said, man, carrying that thing, it's, uh, it can be a little bit cumbersome sometimes if, if I'm not ready for it. Um, I carry primarily in a, a tier one concealed access elite. So, I mean, it really distributes that weight for me, yeah. but, um, Honestly, lately, <laughs> lately I've been carrying either my Walther PPK or my uh, Staccato C. I really so, like um, that that PPK. That's a, yeah. that's a really fucking cool thing that you did there. Yeah, yeah, we like uh, we like doing weird shit, man. That's that's one of our that's one of our uh, hangers for our hats. We like to do some unseen shit so you know when i was like i want to put a i want to put a red dot on a walter ppk and i think it can be done so um we did it and it's honestly been one of my favorite guns to mess around and play with i just got some uh vintage packmeyer grips for it that i had mm-hmm. to scound the internet to get and um i love it dude it's a cool ass gun i've always loved the ppk speaking of doing cool shit you guys did a uh and walter you did a pdp for modern samurai project didn't you uh, yeah, we're actually, we did a uh, 4.5 inch for Scott and we're actually working on a five inch for him right now. Fucking hell, that dude is so, so um, fast. It's <laughs> putting a, a ported gun in his hand. I can only imagine how much quicker he's gotten. Um, yeah, man, Scott's good people. I mean, he's my, uh, my lost biological father, so to speak. I, I say that all the time and, and he <laughs>, laughs, but, um, uh, because we're both like Euro Asian trash, whatever he calls it. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, man, Scott's a good dude. Um, 
kind of same thing. Just just doing our thing. We we linked up with some with him somehow. I can't honestly remember how we linked up with him. Uh, and uh, we built him a four point five inch that he's been really running and enjoying. Um, and uh, yeah, he sent us a five inch. We'll be built. We're almost finished building that out because we're meeting up with him uh, in about two weeks to go shoot with him and deliver that pistol to him. So oh, that'll be uh, definitely done. Definitely done some cool shit in the industry uh, with some people. That would. I did a, a story and I asked for questions, and I'm going to be honest with you. Most of them were absolute shit. It had to do with <laughs> like, certain bodily fluids that I'm not going to ask you about. But the best one. I got was is there anything in the industry that consistently pisses you off like it, if it went away you'd be really really happy um honestly man it's the it's the fact that we're we're you know i try to be i think we do a good job at it over at monsoon like i said we're we're a team there you know there's there's two dudes that don't see the light of day when it comes to social media and that's okay. They don't want to be a part of that. Um, yeah, I technically that. I would, I would say the persona in the face of monsoon. And then we have my uh, business partner, Zach that uh, runs monsoon tactical. Like that, that is beach. starting to get, that's starting to get more involved as far as the content we create. And we're, we're very playful, but serious. Right. I think that's kind of one of the things that, um, I would love to see more of like, I know everybody is a weird motherfucker in some way. They're just afraid to show it when it comes to the gun scene. Yeah. Right. We're, we're, we're all about being who we are, being playful about it, but also understanding this is a serious matter and being professional there. But kind of basically where I'm trying to spin off of that is, is a lot of dudes try to put on this persona that's not them you get a lot of fake people and then the industry just ends up eating itself like that's that one thing like the our industry they'll they'll eat each other alive if if shit just isn't right and it's it's super toxic and i just try to stay out of it (laughs) to be completely honest with you but um that's honestly though that's just the world in general too so um i just i feel like it's more of a a pissing match at that point. Sometimes I could, I could definitely just be okay with that and just, you know, let companies do their thing and, and, uh, you know, be happy to do it, I guess. I don't know. I think, uh, I, I, if, that, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it's like everyone has that goofiness, that weirdness to them. And it's just letting it show. I think, and I think a lot of the people that, starting to see it come back around uh f from usa gunk bunker did the same thing he uh he started out just trying to do what he thought people would think was cool and he transitioned to doing what he thought was cool and it's yeah. uh, been awesome for well him. there's some there's something about originality that that really draws people to your your content right yeah. um so, you know, there, you know, there's things that we like to do that we think are good ideas and, you know, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. Um, and then there's just people that just kind of follow the same recipe and then they just end up being another, you know, gun page or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and everybody has different tastes for sure. You know, um, 
I find myself really enjoying like seeing all these retro rifles and shit coming back to life again, yeah. you know, kind of, kind of going back to that whole, uh, <clears throat> you know, comp guns were, were a thing and now they weren't. Now they are again. And it's just like, man, all these retro rifles are starting to become a thing out of nowhere. Like, I honestly don't remember there being a insurgence of retro rifles up until recently. It, um, it's because uh, no one could get Unity risers, so they're just doing carry handles with aim points. Well, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing, you know, like... Carry handle gang. Um, yeah, carry handle gang. I got two of them, man. Um, but that being said, it's... However you want to perceive it, man, like, I was... You know, I, I airsofted a lot, and that was the setup I ran. was a was a carry handled optic kind of thing, uh, and I loved it. And it's just like, yeah, you're right. It's it's like, damn, dude, I can I can buy at least maybe now. I don't know, but like, yeah, I could go get a fucking eighty dollar carry handle upper, or just a carry handle and a flat top receiver, and have you know a better better point of view, uh you know heads up display kind of optic instead of that $500 unity fast mount or whatever that I can't get <laughs> so um i've been uh, enjoying it i got uh i got a 145 colt that i kind ooh. of got all decked out and then i got my um my 105 just uh i don't even know what you would call it it, it doesn't even know what it is really <laughs> Mach 18 on his gun. Kind, yeah, kind of. It's got it's got a quad rail on it. It's got a carry handle upper. It's got a Trigicon SRS on a on a rail. It's got a whatever that surefire vertical grip light thing was back in like the Magpul days. I got one of those on it. That's oh, fantastic. Man. Not gonna lie, that sounds like it just straight fucks. Oh, it does. It's on our it's on our happy lower too. So it's it's a uh, it's a fun gun. It's definitely something cool. We're gonna we're gonna take it to our next or Ohio Range Day, and we're gonna we're gonna let people play with it. It's it's a cool gun. Does um, it have a, Does it have a bean sling on it? <laughs> a, a what? A bean sling? I don't know what that is. It's a sling with beans on it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, no, I, honestly, what's that? What you're saying is I need to bring my ass home and uh, go to a higher range day so I can play with this thing. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna put a, like a crinkled up cardboard sign on it, kind of like a hobo would have or a panhandler, and it's gonna say "Feed me, spank me, and play with me." <laughs> um, <laughs> so and people can just come up and and feed it, slap the bolt home, and and shoot it. So, um. It's a cool gun, man. The, the the there's some kit on it that's just again, you know, I like that old obscure shit. You know, I got a PPK with um a retro Leupold Delta point that you can't get in some Packmeyer grips. So then I got that other ten five AR with some shit that you can't find anymore. Like that Trigicon SRS is just unobtainium and it still works, so it's it's a cool piece of kit to have. No, I feel you on the uh, the old obscure retro shit that you know you don't see a lot anymore. Uh, yeah. My new uh, main squeeze so far this year is I've been running a uh, an M sixteen A two clone that's running a aimpoint gooseneck mount with a an old school M sixty eight out on the gooseneck, and that's been uh, what I've been playing with the most this year when it comes to ARs. Yeah, and I mean the 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 thing with that too, man, is just like. Um, 
kind of putting a little bit of that modern performance in it. Cause I mean, I got a, a Geisley, you know, flat face trigger in my, my Colt and it's, you know, now it's, I can run it just as fast. It just doesn't have all the stupid modern Gucci shit on it. Um, that being said, the, I mean, it's not a full Colt. It's a Bushmaster lower with, uh, a full Colt upper, but it's still, you know, the way that this gun would have been built back in whenever, you know, it was made. Um, back when they were cranking them out of the old onion building in, uh, Hartford. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, this gun, you know, other than it's got a car 15 style stock on it, uh, triangle handguard, you know, a, an old surefire scout attached to the barrel name point on a, on a rail and a Geisley trigger. So it's like, it's got everything it does and doesn't need as far as like your, your quote unquote combat rifle. Right. But it's, it's super light and fun to shoot. And that's, that's the main thing. I'm not a big rifle guy. So, um, that's why I like having the, the weird shit. I meant to ask you, what made you take the jump? 2011s. What was, it, what, what was it that you, the, the jump to the 2011? Cause you said the first one was a DVCP you said. Yeah. Yep. Back yep. then, the, uh, the price of admission was fucking, it was really big. Now, you can yeah. get into a Staccato P with optics ready for 2500 which sounds expensive, but it's, let's be real. It's, in the way the world's going, there's a... Well, like I said, man, like, you know, I get it. I understand there's definitely two different thought processes on it, but there's definitely guys with Glocks that are, that have that much money poured into them, right? Yeah. Um... You go buy a Glock from Agency or uh, Salient, and you're going to spend two to two grand or so to get that pistol, right? Zev. Um, Zev, yeah. I mean, an OZ9 is, I mean, I think they're up almost close to two grand, aren't they? You can find out right now. uh, By the time you throw a light and optic on it, yeah. Yeah, so I'm 22 for an OZ that's fully kitted. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I'll, honestly, man, I like the OZ9 platform a lot. Um, have you, just kind of a weird side side question. Have any of you guys seen that DC9 from DC Precision? Yes. Yeah, I've heard of yeah. that, and I think that's going to be cool. Yeah, that thing's pretty dope, man. It's 2011. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a, a uh, you know, small, he's a, he's a good dude, man, uh, and he makes cool shit. But I just kind of a seg, you know, just asking because that's one of those like he did a lot of OZ guns. I think the OZ nine platforms definitely worth that money, um, because I think it is just shy of two grand for the gun. A nineteen hundred for for what? Yeah, but for what you're getting, in my opinion, versus a regular Glock, um. It definitely just definitely shoot better because of uh, the way that they built that pistol. Um, far from needing some grip work, I think the the pistol out of the box is ready to roll. So, um, kind of like to answer your question, uh, I've always been around high end twenty elevens before staccatos were uh, you know available as they were. Right, like I said, I I, I kind of had a mentor. Uh, older gentleman that I still look up to today, um, old Vietnam vet dude that was into the competition scene that got me into it. And he had, you know, all these hand-built custom 2011s and stuff, and he would let me shoot them. And it was just never, again, in a, in a uh, 
obtaining one at that time was just not in my cards, right? Like just spending four or five or six thousand dollars on a gun like that wasn't something that I could do, right? So then I've been around them more than enough to res- to understand them, respect them, and shoot them um, in all different capacities. You know, I've I've had the pleasure of touching. Uh, Infinity 2011s that were worth more than most people's Police vehicles. Sure. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, maybe not nowadays, but I mean, you know, our good friend Andrew Hyder um, out of Ohio, uh, he's a sponsored shooter from Infinity. And, uh, you know, he he his open his open pistols can range from like 17 grand and up. Oh, right? Geez. So it's... But you're starting to talk about super high-end, custom, everything hand-fitted, everything yeah. down to the nuts and screws or anodized the color that you want. Like, it's complete custom to you pistol, right? Yeah. So, you know, basically, it's just a financially, I couldn't afford to get one. Um, and right when STI was still STI, I had then got the opportunity to get into the gun industry through cutter machine works, um, that hired me and, uh, to run their shop. And also I was able started, was still doing my frame stuff through them. And I had the opportunity to kind of get a hold of the DVCP and work the debt off of for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, he became a, a 2011 dealer and got a whole bunch of them in. One of them was a DVCP. I said, Hey, let's work out a deal. I can't afford to buy this right away, but you know, let's take a little bit out of my check every, every week or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, and got a hold of that one. Uh, and then Is that pre gen you know, two max. Um, no, I think it. I think they started coming with the Gen Twos then. Gotcha. I don't because all the mags I have are Gen Two, and I don't think they were Gen Ones. So I never really ever had any issues with my DVCP. Um, it's it's probably one of my favorite. Well, it is my favorite handgun. Um, since it's kind of a unicorn. I don't shoot it as much. Um, I still shoot it, but it's kind of one of those, like at this point with all the other 2011s I have, there's no reason for me to really just run the brakes off of that gun, especially since I can't get another one anymore. Um, I don't really plan on selling it right now either. So um, really been enjoying my P with the Genghis comp more lately, but I mean, now I'm up to, I'm up to four staccatos or four 2011s. Uh, so has anyone ever sent in an XL? Yeah. We've done a chunk port or or a Genghis. Yeah. Fucking cool. Yeah. We have one in, we have one in there right now getting the Genghis comp and we're, uh, we're, we're super stoked to see how that one comes out. Um, we already, we know it'll work. Uh, we did a lucky sevens on an XL and that thing is just dummy flat. So the Genghis comp on the XL is gonna gonna just be lights out. It's gonna be sweet. For people that don't know, the P right now ships with a four point four inch barrel. The XL ships with a five two. It has a lighter trigger. 
five four. Oh, five four. My bad. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a yeah, big ass. Yeah, that bit that that bitch is long. <laughs> five four and like two pound trigger. Yeah, long the XL. Long. The XL is a cool gun, man. Um, uh, I mean, I think they're thirty two hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, is that all? Um, <laughs> And I actually get that asked question asked a lot too. Is just like you know XL or XC. Um, I actually I get to, I get, it's it's almost infinitely like XC or or P with a with a you know chunk port back then or a Genghis comp, and it's just like the whole idea was to make you know the P's and the C2s be able to perform very similar, but it's going to be very hard to make. Now I will say that it's close, right? Given what we have, it's very, very close as far as the impulse is concerned. But those XCs are just fitted different. Um, the island barrel and comp is just a different design. There's less reciprocating mass. Like the the XC is the pinnacle of their lineup. Um, and if you can afford it, I would definitely buy one. Um, and again, understanding what you plan on using it for, right? Uh, so that's that's kind of my in a nutshell. My answer is if you can afford an XC, get it. If you can't, then get a P and let's do it up. <laughs> the only person I've heard of carrying actually carrying an XC would be Alex from A and R Design. He has a background carrying steel guns and heavier bitches, so uh, it wouldn't be that bad of a jump for him. I don't imagine. Carrying. Carrying. I, I, <laughs> I have a buddy uh, that's an enforcement officer that actually carries an XC on duty. As crazy as that sounds. Yeah, I, I mean that's kind of you know there's there's a couple there's a couple of uh, thought processes on that too, man. It's just like um, the reality is is like okay, do you really do you want to carry that gun? Because if you do use it, you might not get that fucker back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right. So it's like that one goes missing um, in the evidence locker. Yeah, no shit. I mean, but even then, like, even if that's not the case, like, there's a good possibility you're not going to get it back anyway. So, you know, are you okay with carrying that? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've I've had my my bougie days where I wake up all ready to fuck shit up, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to carry the DVCP today and strap that fucker on and go. Um, so his his thinking is kind of along, along the same as mine. Um, because my daily carry for the most part is uh, a Nighthawk GRP recon. Yeah. And uh, my, my thing is, is if I use it fine, so be it. My life is worth more than the $3,500 I spent on that pistol. Right, right. No, absolutely. If I I come out on the other side alive, if I don't ever see the pistol again, you know, eventually I'll save up and get another one. It's, it's one of those things I came out alive. Right. So Yeah, there's there's definitely merit in that decision, and that's it's that's good on you for real. You know, being like, I wanna, I I wanna take assume risk as far as protecting myself, my loved ones, and also assuming the lifestyle to carry that type of pistol. That it's not a big deal if I lose it, right? There's, but it's kind of one of those. For me, the conversation I'm kind of talking about is the people that are like, well, you know, I just I just don't know if I want to carry it. 
I just can't, I can't feel, I don't feel like I, I want to carry it because of, because it's so much money. I was like, well, then don't carry it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, why is, why are you having the conversation? But like you said, with that, with that handgun, you know, your capabilities are elevated even further than the, 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 a 43 X. Right. Um, and I'm with you. Like I, my, my life is definitely worth more than one of the four pistols that I carry. Those can be replaced. Yeah. No, no questions asked. Right. It's just money. We make more. <laughs> you don't get buried um, with it. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, um, my performance level and, and uh, skill set with that pistol is definitely worth its weight in gold, no matter how much it's going to cost to replace it if something were to go fucking sideways. So, yeah. um, I think everyone should carry a gun that gives them the most ability that they can physically carry. Um, yeah, and I mean, the, it, the I say this, and I don't, I hope it doesn't offend anybody, right? But I say it all the time. Like, I, if, and I, I hope none of because a lot of you guys are have staccatos in here, right? Yeah, I think yeah. one, two, three. Yep. Yeah. How many? How many of you dickheads got a ranger band or duct tape around your grip safety? Hi, that's me. I got fucking. <laughs> I got hockey. There he is. I got hockey tape with my <laughs> shit. Dude. I refuse. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so just you do whatever you want to do, man. It's your life. Uh, understand what that that actual grip safety does for you um just kind of getting into the technical shit with it right that grip safety is your drop safety it has nothing to do with the overall manual of arms operations if you drop that gun with that um grip safety pin there's a possibility it's going to go off oh so just keep that in mind right (laughs) or just don't or just don't drop your pistol (laughs) just don't just don't fucking drop i'm gonna be really honest (laughs) with you i didn't know that uh, yeah, so I mean, quietly. It does act as your drop safety, but the other thing I kind of use it as, um, and I use it, it's kind of a crutch, I guess you could say. Um, I use it like a striker control device on a Glock. Yeah. So when I go to reholster well, appendix, I just move my thumb to the back of the hammer and to where I'm not engaging that grip safety. And I know when I reholster, even if like, my thumb safety were to fail and you know, something gets caught in my holster. As long mm. as I don't have that grip safety depressed, that gun's not going to go off. Breaking news. Guys. Yeah. I would, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that a crutch, man. That's that's what is designed there. It's your last line of defense. And when it comes to the safety of that gun, because the overall reality is, is everybody in the gun industry is trying to chase that 1911 trigger pull. Well, the only way to do that is to make it a single action only gun with a, you know, straight pull back, you know, trigger bow system with the sear and a disconnector, but there's no drop safety plungers and shit on those pistols on those series seventies guns. Uh, they didn't start putting stuff like that until series eighties and those series 80 guns just aren't the same. So that, that beaver tail safety is physically stopping the trigger from engaging the sear no matter what. Right. So it's not, it's necessary. It's not, 100% 100% not a crutch. It's definitely there to do that. And if you're, you know, you're taking the precaution to be like, okay, when I reholster this stuff and putting this pistol right back down by my junk on a single action, you know, even if it is a four pound trigger, it's not 
that trigger is still not the same as a four pound Glock trigger, right? Oh. It doesn't take much for that gun to go off. So no, you using it's, that. It's not even close. And then like, you know, my staccato is right around four and a half pounds. Yeah. I, so when I carry my Nighthawk <clears throat> is like this level. It's, it's supposed to be a four pound trigger and it came closer to three once the build was done. Yeah. Um, and it shoots like a dream. It's, you know, the best shooting pistol I have, which is why I carry it. Yeah. And that it, so, it took me a while to, to decide that, Hey, yeah, I'm okay carrying this trigger because I know I've got the grip safety as to use as, you know, a striker control device and mm. I'll train with it enough that, Hey, I can use this three pound trigger without sending around into the ether doing some stupid bullshit. Uh, breaking news. Yeah, and that was, I, I don't have racket tape on my safety anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so kind of kind of getting back to what I was saying where I said I might may or may not hurt some feelings is in my opinion, right, the 1911 and or 2011 uh platform, right? Because that's what it is at the end of the day. They all work the same, one just holds more bullets than the other. Um in my opinion, if you're seriously using it to carry for protection of your life or whatever the case may be, it's an expert platform. You got to be able to understand that your grip and all that other stuff is going to have to change a little bit in order to defeat that grip safety the proper way, right? You have to manipulate a safety simultaneously from your draw stroke in order for that gun to be ready to shoot when you're ready to use it. And you're dealing with a lighter trigger that's going to take more discipline than, say, a clock, right? So I, I 100% believe your shit needs to be wired tight, and it's an expert platform. If you don't have the confidence carrying it, it doesn't matter to me what um, what the poundage is on a trigger. I mean, the uh, the DVCP and my staccato 2019 staccato P have two and a half pound triggers in them, but they all are set up the same way where I know as soon as I touch it, I'm on the wall and I know how much further until the break. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter which 2011 of mine, they're all pretty much set up the same for me. And I don't care if it's a two and a half pound trigger or a four pound trigger. I know when it's going to go off and I understand my manipulation with that gun is 100% spot on. Um, so that's why I kind of say it's a little it's a little bit of an expert's platform if you're serious about it because even you know we make fun of them you see it all the time how many people you know they go to pull out a 2011 or 1911 and they're new to the platform and they go to pull the trigger and it doesn't do shit because oh guess what there's a safety on this gun and you have to like manipulate that thing right so if your shit's not wired tight and you're not focused on that platform it's going to get you killed Right. First time, like if you actually had to use it, I was telling these guys when I first got mine and I was shooting it, it happened way more than I was comfortable with, and it just takes repetition, man. It's it does. Like I said, it's it's shooting is um, a very perishable skill, and it amplifies exponentially. When you move over to 2011. At least well, there's there's, there's the shooting side of things, and then there's the actual weapons manipulation side of things. So it's just like there's a lot going on when you're when you're messing with the 2011, man. So it's you know if if a lot of you guys are carrying one, um, I hope that you know 
because kind of like me, I exclusively pretty much just shoot them, right? I don't, I'm not one of the guys, I have four of them, and I do have a couple of Glocks and some CZs and shit, and it's mainly just for um, product for the for our shop. But like primarily, if I'm shooting a, a pistol, it's a 2011, and I'm pretty much, for the most part, for now, married to the platform, you know, just to master as much as possible because that's the gun that I shoot the best with. Yeah, and I think that goes back to to carrying them, self defense. Yeah. Yep. Just for self-defense, just I think it, the way you win a gunfight hasn't changed since the invention of gunpowder. Like, right? He who puts no, the, he, no. he who puts the most holes in the other person's body and shuts down their central nervous system and puts them on the floor is the guy that wins. Right? You're, yeah, you're not gonna, the, like the way the way that we've been fighting as humans really hasn't changed much. So I, um, I'm carrying the platform that gives you best ability to do that. Poor oh, absolutely. is the one that she should be carrying. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's as cliche as it sounds, but it's definitely a real thing. It's like fear of man with one gun, right? Um, because it's just, he knows that gun in and out. Now there's nothing wrong. And I'm a very big firm believer of, of I called it for the longest time, you know, weapons craft, being able to pick up anything and use it and understanding how it works, but you're definitely always going to be having one platform that you use the best and understand more. Right. So it's like, as far as us being shooters and and hobbyists and collectors and stuff, I get that. But if you want to get into the nitty gritty of either performance shooting competition, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of those guys aren't jumping around from platform to platform. They're just working with one platform the whole time, and they're getting extremely good at using it. Yeah, and that's uh, that should be everyone's goal. Yeah, like, you see sure. a lot of guys carrying Glock forty threes, and then they're out at the range, and all they're shooting is their Glock seventeen or nineteen, and it's like, right, uh, yeah. what you doing there, dude? Well, I mean, the other thing, the other thing too is, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to do it a lot more, but just shooting from concealment more consistently. Yeah. Um, most, you know, I'm guilty of it. I do it all the time, but we go to the range, I'm strapping on a OWB range belt when in reality, if, if we're starting to talk about, you know, the reality of the fact is, is we're all, we're all carrying concealed for the most part, unless, you know, you're LEO or military whatever the case may be but like that's what you know and i've tried to do a lot more of that this year um is just shooting from concealment and uh where where do you see platform moving now we've gotten the dots on handguns are a thing it's not just some remember when people were like oh this is going to die off and whatever no it's not the future. It's now. We have handgun. We have uh, red dots, lights, uh, starting to do uh, porting and comping is coming back and keeping them flat. Where do you see it going next? Are we? Is it going to be the amp like uh, ammo, and we're going to get new cartridges in, or? I mean, that's kind of ammo. Like ammos and cart or cartridges are not something new i mean would they come out with that new like 30 whatever the fuck it was 30 carry or something 516 516 <laughs> what's that uh, it's actually a uh, 0.3125 diameter bullet 
So I just call it five sixteenths carry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the, these weird wildcat cartridges. I mean, that's what a three eighty was back in the day, and same with the forty Smith and Wesson. I mean, they were, you know, neuter. You know, three eighties very, very similar as far as size as projectiles concerned to a nine millimeter. Just very, very, just slightly smaller, right? Um. And then a forty cal is a neutered ten millimeter, which you know at the end of the day, ten millimeter fucks changed my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> no lie detected. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but you know the the the, the byproduct of ten millimeter is don't be a pussy. But <laughs> uh, that mo- that motherfucker will rock your world if you're not ready for it. As far as recoil. Um. As far as technology on pistols, man, um, unless they start coming out with laser guns, I don't see much changing anytime soon. I think red dots were the biggest push as far as being accepted, right? Um, Which is weird to me. But again, also at the same time, back in the day, the technology wasn't there to back the theory up. Um. you know, because red dots on rifles were kind of the same thing with rifles, right? It's like, oh, we put these damn things on a rifle. We don't need that. And then started to realize, like, no, these are actually, like, worth the shit. And the technology is there to, to back its, its hard use, right? Because every time a product comes out, you know, everyone's like, well, is it duty rated? Well, what does that even mean, right? So, I mean, duty rated for military, law enforcement, whatever the case may be, because... Obviously, those conditions are more severe than probably what we as civilians are ever going to encounter. So if it can survive that, then yeah, it's good shit, right? So red dot technology for pistols wasn't quite there yet, and then it did, and then now it's pretty much like if you're not shooting a red dot now, you're actually kind of getting made fun of. Which I think is cool. So I'm all for, I feel that. I'm all for constructive bullying. I think it, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 a better way. I mean, the reality is, man, is humans don't, when it comes to, like, again, we kind of talked, like you were saying, is, you know, the gunfights haven't changed as far as the outcome of what you, you know, what the outcome that you want, right? Yeah. The first person to put enough holes in someone and drop them is the winner. Well, the one thing that has definitely changed when it comes to fighting with, you know, projectile weapons you know you think about back in the day when people were throwing spears and fucking arrows and shit there was no iron sights on that on those things oh you know they were they were count you know they were instinctively shooting shooting bows and throwing spears and all that shit so the red dot brings us back to that um yeah way of fighting right because now you know you get get down that weird rabbit hole of the human eye, the human eye can't focus on all that shit. Oh, so the red dot gets rid of all that. Never thought. So like that. You, you just put it in my mind, a bunch of cavemen fighting with flat top ARs. <laughs> <laughs> that would be just hilarious. <laughs> there you go. I mean, but it's true, right? Yeah. I mean, you think about it, um, sites themselves, you know, iron sights themselves on a pistol is not necessarily the best way to do things when it comes to gunfighting, right? Uh, the 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 thing that everyone really fantasizes about nowadays. But um, that being said, when it comes to pistols, man, until they start 
fucking giving us laser guns. I don't know what else you could really do. Um, as far as just better technology with red dots, unless they come out with some like heads up display glasses and shit to Bluetooth to a pistol or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, fucking um, thermal. Kijikon RMR. Right? That would be dope. Yeah, you know, something. It's hard telling what's going to happen, you know, but kind of like you said, you know, the, as far as firearms technology is concerned, they all shoot bullets. Um, and as far as caliber is concerned, I don't know. You know, we all have our beliefs. I'm assuming most people in here are 9mm guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm the outlier. You, are you a 40 cal guy? No, I'm a 45 guy. God's caliber? My stopping power. Brother. My stopping power. 230. Two world wars. <laughs> hey, 45 ACP is, is it works. Perhaps. Right? I don't think, um, in my defense, I carry 230 grain uh, gold dots, and I lovingly call them flying asteroids. Yeah, because that's essentially what it is. My my view on that is the same bullet development that made nine millimeter great has also went into my forty five as well. Yeah, I mean, there's right. nothing. I I don't I don't get too wrapped around the axle when it comes to bullets, right? Um, you carry what you want to carry, and you 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 use what you think you can effectively use the most of. It's where I have a problem with it is if you say, you know, ah, oh, yeah, forty five is the shit, but you can't fucking hit anything with it. Then it's kind of makes you look like an ass it's at the end of the day it's like you're trying to put holes in people so yeah a bigger bullet's gonna do a better job as far as putting bigger holes in people um my concern is can you put those holes in people it's a very (laughs) right because because i carry you know like like i said i carry a lot of the time dude i'm carrying 10 rounds of nine millimeter and i personally am okay with that yeah um uh so it's it's subjective. It, honestly, my next carry pistol that I want to build is I want to get another C2. Um, I want to Genghis comp it, and then I want to go get a 38 Super Barrel oh. and Genghis comp that and carry a Genghis comp 38 Super. Now 38, you're talking my language. Yeah, 38 Super really fucks. <laughs> me and uh, me and my boomer shooters here. You start talking 38 Super and. I'm going to appear back in Ohio just to, to see what this thing is like. Somewhere Paul Harold just perked up. <laughs> 38, 38, 38 Super Comp is good shit, man. Um, and the thing is, the staccatos are, re- are ready and willing to be retrofitted to 38 Super right now. It's sick. It's just a barrel swap. Speaking of staccato, say, it's, just, it's just a barrel swap. Speaking of staccato, when you first started chopping up these barrels and these slides, doing the the chunk port initially, did they give you any shit? Like, hey, 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 don't fuck with our guns, kid. Or was it? Uh, so funny story. We we kind of met staccato for the first time last year, um, and they were loving what we were doing. So it's kind of split. Actually, I can't say that one hundred percent with certainty. There's dudes over there that like what we're doing, and there's dudes over there that don't like what we're doing. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of one of those, uh, this is America. And, honestly, like, I'm doing you a favor because we've literally had plenty of people contact us and say, I bought a staccato just because of the shit that you're doing. And we're like, cool. I did that. 
Mm-hmm. Cool, man. So, um, we haven't really been peepee slapped by them, but we've met some of their, uh, some of their people and they like what we do, but they're more like-minded, um, and understand what we're doing. I think, uh, must be doing something right because they brought compensators. Uh, back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm gonna be real. That ice comp <laughs> is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, on a P it's a little ridiculous. I mean, fuck that. That gun's got to be the size of an XL, XL at that point. Yeah. Now the C2 with the, with the ice comp looks pretty nice. I do like it. Uh, when you, I don't know how to, how to word this correctly. Um, you first did the trunk port. Was there an aha moment? Like when, when did it uh, like click? You're like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. Or, well, so it, it, again, it was one of those, um, it was one of those, I'm going to do this and I don't give a shit what anyone thinks. It was not necessarily, uh, first it was not necessarily intended to go to market it was just one of those i want to try this and i don't give a shit what happens um and we did it and it was just like kind of honestly i didn't know what to expect on the first one because um you know it's it's hard to tell what exactly is going to happen no matter how much you think you know it's you're not gonna know until you do it um and when I did it again, I, I kind of, I kind of have a tendency to 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 do this as as I kind of break the internet for a little bit, um, <laughs> and there was definitely one of those like, oh that's amazing, or what the fuck is wrong with you people, right? Um, so I did it for me personally first, right? And I ran the shit out of that gun, and I still have it today. It's it's not going anywhere. I don't plan on selling it. And it's still in its in a tech like original form as far as when we cut the first day we cut it, it's still the same. Um, and I was just like, okay, this is cool. And then I started getting a lot of my buddies. They were like, man, that's that's pretty cool, man. I was like, yeah. Um, I want to run it some more to make sure everything's good before I I say, yeah, we can do this. And that's kind of you know where it was like after I, I got comfortable with the fact that I ran you know, X amount of rounds through it, the, um, without any issues. I was like, okay, cool. Well, I guess we can bring this to market. And, uh, kind of just exploded from there. So, um, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's hard to say you're, it's hard to, to like sit down and say, yeah, I was the first one to do that because the, that style of porting is not new. um, I'm trying to remember the company. They used to be, it's kind of funny. I think they were called a uh, weapon armament system. So they had like the war comp on the M and P. Uh, and that was however long ago. Um, and I think they sold the rights to radiant with that, that war comp. Um, and that's kind of where that went. So, or radiant bought out weapon armament. I don't know. So that style of porting isn't anything new, but I almost positive we're the first ones to do it on a staccato. Um, and I really haven't seen many other people attempting it lately. Um, so. Has it surprised you that no one else has tried it? 
Um, you know, when I, I guess I should, I guess I should retract the way I said that. There's not very, there's no one that I know of doing it as a product for people. I've definitely seen, uh, companies that shall not be named do similar things. I got you. And, um, I think they were just kind of, we, and we kind of reached out to them a little bit because we are, you know, without trying to be too much of a dick about it, we are a little bit protective of that style of porting on the staccatos because we don't want people like, you know, it's one thing to rip off a design. It's another one to try to re-engineer one. Right. But there was a couple of them that were just straight copies and we were like, yo man, come on now, have a little bit of, have a, have a little bit of integrity. Like I can't stop you, but like, yo, check this out. Right. Um, but I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, there's really only three companies that I know of really actively putting ports onto staccatos. Uh, I um, can think of you and Vulcan. Who's the third one? Vulcan, uh, Mac Defense. Gotcha. It also does some porting, but he's he's also a well. I think he's only a single man outfit, so his lead times are a little on the hefty side right now. Um, but he was definitely one of the guys putting some ports on 2011s too. Um, but yeah, Vulcan, Jeremy over at Vulcan's another good guy. Um, and then us, you know, we have a couple of different porting packages as well. Well, we only have one other porting package for the staccatos and that's our lucky sevens. Uh, speaking so, of, if anyone's listening to this and doesn't have a staccato, but wants porting, You'll do it to Glocks, MNPs, CZs, right? Or what will you do a a, a chunk port or a similar porting on? So, um, as of right now, the only thing that outside of... So the Genghis Comp is only uh, specific to the Staccato, right? And then the same, the chunk port design is uh has been proved and tested on glocks mmps uh pre sig 320s and uh fuck uh walther pdps right and then our lucky sevens packages which was honestly our first ever porting package that, that i developed when it was st- uh when i was working for cutter machine works um is kind of a universal porting package for a lot of other handguns that that may or may not be able to accept a chunk port right because there's definitely some considerations and cutoff points when it comes to certain things um so lucky sevens pretty much we were, were pretty much been able to put that on anything and get very very good results with oh yeah so was there like oh. uh, was there a lot of trial and error when you would develop these ports, or did you kind of just uh, do some real nerd stuff and just one and done it? Um, so I mean, there's there's a couple of ways you can go about it. Mine was purely based off of the experiences I had in the competition world um, and what I've seen out there that that really worked. Right. Um, there's definitely like Jeremy over at Vulcan's one of those guys who um, nerds out on it, and he really only offers the stack porting, which I I understand. Um, but kind of based off of what I know, and his his logic is based off of a, a completely different 
overall design as far as the way that he does his ports, right? So his porting is um, a poppet hole style port where it's trying to escape um, a <clears throat> machined hole, right? Versus our porting is all open, right? That's the consideration to um, having the gases being able to actually escape the slide before it gets covered up. So we just don't go down that road and we open up, we have windows that accommodate those ports. Yeah. So then at that point, it's kind of like, okay, yeah. Um, trial and error kind of thing, right? Just ba- again, based off of what we saw on the market and what we, you know, taking data and what we know works, it was kind of the Lucky Sevens was kind of a one and done shot as far as when we first did it. Um, and then we updated the overall profile and changed window designs based off of what we were feeling and seeing over the over the last couple of years of having those ports in our arsenal and out in the real world. Um, so those kind of reached their second peak as far as the oval shaped porting and then the the type of windows going along with those ports to maximize their performance. Um, and then also just understanding, you know, porting really needs to be as furthest away from the breach as humanly possible. Um, and, you know, not necessarily, you know, a 10 ports versus seven, depending on how they're spaced out is, is not really going to help you, right? My seven ports further up the front of the barrel is probably going to work better than your 10 across the whole barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's just understanding what you're trying to achieve with them. It's not something that you really have to uh, think too hard about. I think a lot of people try to make it seem a little bit harder than what it really needs to be. Um, the, The overall end game is we're directing gas to minimize recoil, right? So you can only do... You can only do that so much until the gun starts to uh, not function. <laughs> so, I mean, we've definitely gone ham on some shit uh, and didn't know what the outcome was going to be uh, and ended up working. But we understand, you know, we understand like, you know, one branding Lucky Sevens, really cool name. Uh, I'm a fucking nerd. So like Final Fantasy Seven was the inspiration for the name of that. Not really what other people might think. And um, we can get away with a lot with just the seven ports. We can put, like I said, we can put them on pretty much anything and they're going to perform extremely well. And the one last question I did get is someone wanted to know, what are your thoughts on uh, porting? They they said the chunk port by name, uh, smaller carry guns. Uh, they said a Glock 48. Uh, on a four, we've done a lot of 48s. It's great. Um, but you know, we, we have, again, we get this, we do a lot of consulting with people a lot that just, you know, they have quite like serious questions like, um, you know, what porting package should I get? You know, which one actually feels flatter or shoots flatter. And, you know, there's real, no, it's, it's a hard question to answer sometimes for people. Um, but I will say in my opinion, that when it comes to the shorter barreled slim line guns, the Lucky Sevens performs better. 
um, just just because of the overall snappy nature of those pistols in general. Uh, the more progressive porting is going to be a little more conducive to that platform um, first a compensator style port. And again, you know, the shorter guns, we're worried about barrel length again. So it's kind of like the cutoff for the chunk port for us is if it's, if it's under four inches, we kind of don't want to mess with it, but we've been kind of going back to the drawing board with a similar style that doesn't require back boring. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I have a, you know, I'll say I, I have a Hellcat pro that we did, um, that style of port on that I'm taking out tomorrow to test, test, uh, all the stuff with it and, um, be able to bring that style of port back to the, to the smaller guns. Uh, cause the, the chunk ports just too, too gnarly for those small short barreled guns. So, um, but like I said, like the lucky sevens on those smaller guns are definitely, I think a better option, um, than the chunk port. It's it's really hard to like sway people one direction over the other when it comes to your own products because it's like I don't know you right so it's do you like compensators better or do you like ports better because that's kind of the deciding factor when it comes to how flat they shoot in my opinion they both shoot about the same flatness right um, as far as the way that they're directing gas but the the overall perceptive recoil impulse between the two are completely different. So it's like, do you want something a little bit more? Su- like the way I kind of explain it is the chunk port is like a direct impingement AR and the Lucky 7s is like a piston driven AR. Um, recoil impulse. The, yeah, like the, the recoil impulse on a, on a piston gun is a little bit smoother. And, the, and the, the, a carbine length, I would say like carbine length gun compared to the two. A little bit punchier but it's not bad piston gun a little bit smoother. Um, is, is how I kind of tell people that's, that's kind of how you can expect it. Um, the chunk ports just so it's again, it's, it's a single port doing one thing and the lucky sevens are seven progressive small ports doing, doing seven separate things in, in an instant. Right. Um, it's just so fast you can't really tell, but as that bullet's leaving, gas is following it. So you got seven separate ports activating instead of one. So obviously the that felt recoil is gonna be completely different. All right. Uh, so so chunk port drops gas at the end of it like that like it's a it's a hard push and the lucky number seven is kind of a da, 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 as it goes uh right yep that's that's pretty much exactly how it works so um i guess if the question is porting on pistols yes or no i think yes yeah. um if you had a I, it's 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 worth a performance boost in my opinion um as long as you're in it you know just to, as long as you're getting it done by a company that that knows what they're doing and they've proven their product then why not right like it's uh like i said there is a point of no return but i think a lot of people that are doing a profe- professional job understand that and they they edge on the side of caution more than anything 
right? Um, so that that's why it's like we do things a little bit different. Well, I wouldn't say we like just in general, but like the way that we do things when it comes to product development is we take the idea, we make it come to life, and then we spend the money and the time to actually run the living piss out of them to see what's going to happen. Or Sig would do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when the, when the Genghis comp and the retrofit were in development, each, every single one of them got a 5,000 round diet within a two month span on top of a 500 round burn down of plus P. So it got its ass handed to it very quickly to see what was going to happen. Um, and that's kind of how we do things as far as testing the product and everything else before we release them. Got one, uh, one last question before we, uh, we wrap this up. Uh, what do you see as the, uh, the next progression of like the, the 1911 platform? So we had the 1911, then we got the 2011. Do you see, uh, do you see like a 3011, you know, off the walls? 3011, brother. Um, you know, I I don't. The one thing that would be really cool to see would be a a striker fire. You know, <laughs> a striker fired. A striker fired twenty eleven <laughs> of some sort. That isn't a that isn't a Hudson. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I had a. Does any of you know what the Hudson nine was? Yeah, dude, yes. that thing was cool until it wasn't. Yeah. yeah so I mean, that's. I, uh, I'll admit, I actually own one and love the ever living fuck out of it. I I owned one too. I thought I thought it was very innovative. I'm all into the innovation side of things. Um, that was the first ever, um, I never really got into it as far as how the fucking thing worked. Uh, but it was a 20 or a 1911 style trigger pull slash gun. Minus the fact that the recoil assembly was a little ridiculous. Um, I understood what they were trying to do, but I don't think that they needed to do it. Um, so It'd be cool to see like a striker fired gun with all the modern safeties into a 2011 for some that was like somehow. Yeah. Um, but that also being said, I don't really think it's needed. I don't know what else you could really do to the platform. Um, it's pretty, it's modular, you know, that's, it's got, um, it's got, you know, different grip lengths, different magazine capacities, aluminum, steel, different sizes. Uh, like you said, uh, one of you guys carrying a Nighthawk. So it's just like there's the, the evolution of the platform just going to be who can build the nicest one, I guess, at that point. Because it's when you think about 1911s or 2011s, as far as the, the platform, you can go from a... a you know, super cheap Rock Island Armory gun made in the Philippines that rattled to death and but still kind of work to uh you know a hand fitted a hand fitted nineteen eleven from some mom and pop boutique shop that costs you twenty grand, <laughs> but every single piece of that pistol is hand fitted and put together in such a way that it's just like you can appreciate that. Um 
so I don't I don't really know if there's anything else other than you spending the extra shutter for a gun that's just bonkers when it comes to the fit and finish. Um, all of you guys that have a 2011 know that how they shoot, and that's not anything. That's not just because of staccato. That's you know as 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 much as people make fun of them. That's the 1911 design in general. They just shoot great, right? Um, it just depends on who built it. Uh, cause there's, there's been some, like I said, you shoot a rock Island armory, 1911 next to, uh, even a, you know, you shoot a night, you shoot a rock Island, like 1911, not a 2011, but a 1911 next to a Nighthawk <laughs> 1911. And you're going to just be like, yeah, dude, there's, there's major difference, but it's the same fucking gun. Right. Um, so at the end of the day, it's just going to be like, who can build the better one? I think there's really not much else you can, can, uh, change other than trying to make another Hudson that doesn't, that works. <laughs> so we really appreciate you coming on Vinny. Uh, but want to find you if they, if they haven't the best way to reach out, uh, plug yourself. Uh, yeah, um, monsoon underscore tactical on IGs are, uh, the main page that I run, um, monsoon underscore backtacle is the backup page, but Zach, uh, my, my business partner, Zach runs that one. So that's kind of two outlets as far as the socials to find us. Um, and the, but honestly, man, like if you're trying to directly reach out to us, um, definitely give us a call. Or um, IG can get really messy, and yeah. as far as DMs are concerned, so you know, I don't know. Uh, it's it's tough. It's tough to try to to navigate Instagram and talk to people on it uh, as much as I want to. But um, yeah, man, that's pretty much it. I appreciate you guys for you know having me on and talking. Oh, we loved it, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, yeah, you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, this is this is an interesting um interesting setup. I've done a couple podcasts along with kind of our own podcasts that we haven't dropped yet. Uh so having a, a Discord chat like this is interesting. I don't know how many people are in here and uh all that stuff, but it's been it's pretty cool to be able to talk to more than just one or two people. Yeah, we appreciate it, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. Guys, this has been the Clone and yeah. Correct Podcast. Thank you for listening. Catch you next time. Goodbye.
Thanks for listening to the Clone and Correct podcast. I'd like to let our listeners know about our collaboration shirts with Simple Shirt. There's two shirts, one with our name and a funny one. You can use code CLONE for 10% off anything in the store. Go to simpleshirt.com and search the word CLONE to find the shirts. That's simplshirt.com. Search the word CLONE. Use CLONE for 10% off anything in the store.